out on the billboard, out on the billboard, out on our sign out front there, how many notice at the bottom of that sign? We preach the whole the Bible, the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible, so help you so help us God. Anybody notice that? Let me try that again. Did anybody notice on the bottom of the sign out there? Come on, raise your hand. I want to see it. Because we go to a lot of effort to do that. Well, God bless you. You see it. And how many people coming out of 7-Eleven see it? When they come out of 7-Eleven, they face our sign at that stop sign. That's, that's a three, uh, literally thousands of people come out of 7-Eleven, and they face our sign there. So it's important what you put up there. They read it. But I believe this is a sacred oath. It's a sacred oath. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 16 is our text. I've taken all three points of this tonight out of Matthew chapter 22, 16. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, now this is Jesus' enemies, by the way, coming to him. And uh, always we're trying to find some fault in him, always trying to find a mistake he make or a verbal slip or something that would violate the law of Moses or something he did would violate the law of Moses so they could condemn him. You know, you would think people would be rooting somebody on that wanted to do right, that people would want to root them on. They don't. They feel threatened by them and want them to fall. They wanted Jesus to fall. They wanted him to fail. He convicted them. His life convicted him, his words convicted him, and they wanted him to fail so they could feel more comfortable. That's really what that's about. And here his enemies say, Master, number one, we know that thou art true. That's point one. Number two, thou teachest the way of God in truth. Number three, carest thou for, thou, neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. That was a high compliment. Now, it was meant, it wasn't, <laughs> did they mean it? Well, I believe they, they saw this to be true in him. They couldn't deny it. Imagine a courtroom full of people. <clears throat> How many here have been to court? <clears throat> That's a shame. But, uh, Brother Hiles of First Baptist Church of Hammond used to say half of his members were in jail, half of his members were getting out. Now that, that flopped. That, 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 anyway, and we can't say that here about you folks. I wouldn't say that. But been in courtroom, and years ago especially, courtroom full of people, witness comes to the podium to give testimony of what they saw or what they have heard. That's what a witness is, by the way. And a court clerk comes to them or would come to them with a Bible. And the witness was asked to place their right hand on the Bible and to take an oath. And it was a sacred oath. And please repeat after me. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. For most of the history of America, we included God in that sacred oath. And they would say, I do. If they didn't say I do, they would not be allowed to be a credible witness. They couldn't be a credible witness if they didn't. You've seen presidents sworn in possibly on TV. 
And they usually take a Bible and put it under their right hand, and they are sworn to do the duties of the office, etc. And sworn, and when they get done with all that, that oath that they take, they say, in God's name or by the grace of God, so help me God, something like that. Why is it important and necessary for our forefathers to incorporate this kind of thing in our system? I'm going to tell you why. Because without truth, there is chaos. Without truth, there is no justice. Without justice, there's no peace. Without peace, there's no way to do business. Without an atmosphere to do business, there's no way to feed your family and exist. Without any way to feed your family, there's no society. It collapses. Truth is the foundation of all civilization that prospers. Truth is the foundation for any, however, lasting relationship. And whether if you want your marriage to last, you better be telling the truth to each other, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <clears throat> a part of a, a part of a part a half truth is a whole lie. I heard my mother say that too. Half truth is a whole lie. There's no such a thing as a little white lie. They're all wicked and vile and of your father the devil. He was a liar in the beginning and told not the truth. Spoke not the truth. So if you want to stay employed and be a good employee, you're going to speak the truth. It's, it's necessary for our government to speak the truth and to be trusted by the people that they, they govern to speak the truth. And that's what we're losing in America, and that is extremely scary, if you want to say it that way, that pretty soon the people don't trust the government. And when the people don't trust the government, they overthrow the government and get them a government they can trust. Any, revo any revolution you ever saw or read about, it was basically the government, instead of serving the people, were ruling the people ruthlessly and taking advantage of the people. The other night I sat in my house and read the Constitution of the United States. When's the last time you read the Constitution? It's not that big a read. It's a pretty small document. How long has it been, Tom, since you read the Constitution, you think? Huh? Really? God bless you. That's why you're a deacon. Chairman Board Deacon. Read last year. I won't embarrass you by asking you when the last time you read the Constitution, but I bet it wasn't a long time ago, possibly maybe never in your life. Now, when you went to school, when I went to school, if, you went to, if you're my age group, you read the Constitution and you memorized the preamble of the Constitution. And a lot of that. Gettysburg Address we memorized. Memorized some other stuff. They made you quote it in front of the class. Amen and amen. The Constitution is a tremendous document, but you know what it is? It's a complaint against England for the way they treat, were treated by England, and they, were, they, they did no longer could trust England to help them and to, and to encourage them and to protect them. They became the enemy of the people. And these men that did not want to fight, these men that did not want to oppose their government, they did not want to go to war, were forced into a corner to go to war against the greatest, the most powerful nation in the world, England. The sun never sat on the on the, on the uh, on England. They had holdings all over the world. The greatest navy in the world. And here we got this little group of thirteen colonies or so, and 
this ragtag bunch of people. And thank God the French, by the way, were our friends. The French came in and, and backed us in, in our own war. Otherwise, we would have probably never been able to conquer or at least hold. We didn't conquer the English. All we did was make it miserable for them to the place they said, we're just going to leave you alone. You can have your own nation. We're out of here. And they pulled their troops out, and they went back to England and let it, allowed us to be left alone. The French were the ones who supplied us with weapons and help to overcome the invasion, as it were, encroachment of the... What was that all about? It was about truth. It was about truth. I took an oath when I was ordained into the ministry in 1976 at Community Baptist Church by Richard Anderson and some deacons and some people that were there, pastors that were there, gathered with my ordination. I officially took an oath to preach the Word of God, the whole Word of God, and nothing but the Word of God. I would stay true to it, not in part, but the whole. The men that were there at, the, at that ordination meeting, which were much older than I was old, and I was, and had been in the ministry much longer than I had, passed as it were the responsibility that they had held on to in their life, they had kind of passed that over to me. I ran the, the uh, mile relay, which is four, four, 440 yards four times. And I ran the mile relay, and we passed what they call baton. It's a little stick about that long, about an inch in a circle, and they would pass it on. Any relay, 220 relay, 440 relay, uh, they pass those on. And how you pass on is whether, kind of whether you're going to win that thing or not. If you make a mistake and drop it, you're going to hurt the cause. And it was a sacred thing when I was ordained that these men that were there believed that I had been called of God to be into the ministry and that I knew enough of the Bible not to, not to hurt myself and uh, not to misrepresent it. They, they, as it were, passed this sacred responsibility on to me. Uh, Gospel Baptist Church, and we ordained John Boucher and passed it on to him. Uh, Gospel Baptist Church ordained Chris Barrows, and we passed it on to him. Soon, Gospel Baptist Church is going to ordain Thomas Sweat back there, Thomas Sweat, and by the grace of God, pass it on to him. It's a sacred thing. It's sacred. It's important. I gave my word before God to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, to preach it in every way possible. And as we looked at this verse in Matthew chapter 22, 16, they accused Jesus basically of three things. It says, we know that thou art true. We know that thou art true. In Matthew chapter, in John, excuse me, chapter 18, verse 28, they led Jesus from Caiaphas under the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. This were the Jews, and of course the scene is the crucifixion. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation you bring against this man? And they answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not deliver him unto thee. Then Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put a man to death. The saying, this, uh, that, that, the saying, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying with what death he should die by crucifixion. And in verse 33 there, John 18, Then Pilate entered in the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to thee? It was important. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priests have delivered of thee unto me, and what hast thou done? 
Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom from, not from hence. In verse 37, powerful verse. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered a Hebrew idiom, an idiom of the moment. He said, Thou sayest that I am a king. That basically was saying, Yes, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate asked that notable question, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Wow. Truth. It was about truth. Pilate failed to recognize truth, and it cost him his eternal salvation. As I said this morning, later in history, he was demoted, eventually committed suicide. In Caesarea, Caesarea, I should say. It was pronounced either way. Caesarea. My wife and I were there, and it's interesting, the Bible, every time... I believed in the Bible and since I've been 18 years old, tried to follow its teachings. There's been a lot of liberal accusations against the Bible not being reliable and having errors in it and all these other things. Not one of them proved to be true. For a long time they said, Pilate, is no, he's obviously a main character in the crucifixion, but he's, we've never found any historical evidence that he ever existed. That's, that's your typical liberal. There's no evidence. He ever existed. We should have found evidence. Well, guess what they found? They found evidence in Caesarea. A plaque on it says that, man, and I, I can read Greek, and it said it in Greek, Pilate the governor. It's, it's the same Pilate. It was a governor at the same time. Again, the Bible was proven true, and the liberals' doubting was false. What good did it do Pilate in his political career and his military career when he missed truth, having truth standing in the very presence of him, eyeball to eyeball, and missed it and questioned it? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto me but unto the Father but by me. I find an interesting phenomenon that when people get in trouble, I mean, real trouble. They don't go to your liberal Methodist, your liberal Presbyterian, or your Episcopalian, or some of your liberal denominations that are known for what they don't believe or what they question. Even though they have no part and no stake and maybe never have been to an independent fundamental Baptist fire and, hand, fire and damnation King James Bible Baptist Church, they show up at my office. And, and want to talk to me. And I often will say the same thing to them. Why are you coming to an old-fashioned King James Bible believing preacher? Because, And here's what their answer is to me. Because I know that you'll tell me the truth. I said, well, haven't you been to these? Other? Yeah, he said, but they didn't tell me the truth. They tell me what I want to hear. They even know the difference. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. 
When I took that solemn oath in our nation, I took an oath to speak the Bible, the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible. And I guarantee you the Bible, you know from reading it, doesn't tell you what you want to hear. It tells you the truth, but I want truth. When I ask my wife about something, I want truth. I don't want something that makes me feel good, amen? I'll say, honey, do we have any money? If we don't have any, I want her to tell me, no. Why don't we have it? I want her to tell me the truth because you spend it all. I don't want her to lie to me. I want the truth. I had a married couple come in years and years ago, and you wouldn't know who they were. And the woman came in and says, I want you to meet with me and my husband. I said, well, why do you want me to meet with you and your husband? She said, because I want you as a witness. I said, I don't want to be a witness. She said, no, no, I, I'm afraid to tell him what I need to tell him by myself. I said, you're afraid he's going to, like, murder you? Or you're afraid he's going to beat you up? Or, well, I'm just afraid of what he's going to do. I said, well, what do I want to get? I don't want to get in the middle of you two. You should I bring a gun? I mean, what, what's the deal? Should I call the police? I mean, what am I going to do here? I mean, you know, because you don't know. So he, he may try to kill her right in front of me. And she said, no, I don't think it'll be that bad. Oh, that's good. So he came in and sat in the left chair there, and she sat in the right chair in, my, in front of my desk. And she had been telling him for years that financially they were okay. She took care of all the money. A lot of times that guy will be out there working. He'll give his paycheck to his woman. His woman deposits the money, makes pays the bills, and takes care of the money. Now, not everybody does it that way, but it's a lot of people do. And the man, of course, still responsible, even though he delegated it to her. He's still responsible to find out where it goes and what it is. Evidently, he didn't ferret her out very well. She says, honey, I got to tell you something. And I know you're going to be mad about it, and it's really bad. And, of course, right away, he's thinking the worst possible thing that could ever happen. He just turned white. Blood went out of his head, turned white in front of me. She said, I've been paying out. You haven't been making enough money to pay the bills. I've been paying the bills out of credit card, and finally the credit cards have cut me off, and we owe $30,000. Now, that was when $30,000 was like 90000 now. And I said, and you, and, and I didn't think he could turn any whiter, but he did. He said, what? I trusted you. I trusted you. Marriage is built on trust. Built on trust. I've trusted my eternal soul to the accuracy of the word of God. I've trusted my my very soul on Jesus telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I love in Matthew twenty-two sixteen. they said, we know that thou art a man of truth. Praise the Lord for that. But just recognize truth as truth is not quite enough. We need to know. He says, we know that thou art true, they said, but by the grace of God, every person around should say about you, same thing. Not we like by the way, you, sh- you shouldn't say, well, uh, people shouldn't necessarily come and say, well, I like you. No, that's not the best thing to say. Not, not he's nice, not he's funny, not he's cute, not he's skilled, but you're true. People want to call you the same thing they did Jesus. They want to say, well, we, we don't like the way you do this, and we don't like the way you do that, and we don't like this, but one thing's for sure, you're true. Great. That's the best compliment you could possibly have. 
You women may not like this about your husband, about that about your husband, and all that other stuff. And those are minor compared to the fact that he's telling you the truth and he's being truthful to you. Amen? Wives, same way. Your wife may be, well, I better stay out of that. The second thing they said about him, you teach the way of God in truth. This implies you can teach the way of God in error. But the fact that they said you teach the way of God in truth means that evidently there's people who treat teaching the way of God in error. Uh, that is true. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the Catholics, the liberal Protestants, and the New Evangelicals are teaching the way of God in error. I have people sometimes go to a church that is known to be uh, not believe really the whole Bible. And they'll say, but our preacher, and I'll talk to him, why are you going to that church? And they'll say, well, the preacher, he, he, he uses the Bible. He preaches out of the Bible. I said, have you ever sat down in the preacher's office and asked him whether he believed in the literal creation of the earth, whether he believed that the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis is literal and real and actually happened? Oh, no. Just because people preach out of the Bible, don't be so naive to believe that they believe the Bible they preach out of. Most liberals only believe a small portion of the Bible. The Bible to them is just a credibility so that they can be a preacher. I've met them. I've asked them. You want to teach the way of God completely, not incompletely. Herodians and Pharisees, they seemed surprised that they had found one who would actually teach the way of God in truth. That was the second compliment they gave him. We know you're a man of truth, and you teach the way of God in truth. They seemed surprised by that, that that was rare. And if I may say, it probably is rare. Thirdly, they said, neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. This also is somewhat rare. If Jesus was to be the ma a man that spoke the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, he had to be one who didn't care if it offended or who it offended or if it offended everybody, as long as he told the truth. I can't tell you how much pressure there is on a preacher not to preach the whole counsel of God. There's a lot of pressure on the preacher, any preacher, not to preach the whole counsel of God. I had to, I've preached a couple times on obesity. Maybe of all the sermons that I'm that I am uncomfortable to preach is a teaching against gluttony in the Bible. But the Bible says it's wrong. And we just got to preach it if half your congregation is in that fits in the category of that. You with me? 65% of our youth in America are, are considered medically obese. Something's wrong with that. And you got to say it's wrong. If 65% if, if of uh, the people in America smoke cigarettes, you wouldn't mind me getting up there and saying, cigarettes is wicked. You say, amen, but give me that chicken. It's not my sin. You'll, you'll say amen to somebody else's sin. You know, all oh, that alcohol, that's wicked and vile, sends people to hell. It's a, de it's a drink of demons. You say, amen, as long as you don't drink. <laughs> the Bible, Jesus preached, and you know from reading through the Gospels, he preached it. John the Baptist did the same thing, by the way. What did it cost John the Baptist? 
whoop, crossed his head, didn't he? He offended a woman. Oh, oh, to offend a woman. To offend a woman. She don't forget about it. She waits for a convenient time to take her revenge. Got, got Herod drunk. He made a stupid promise. And she slammed the door on her bitterness on John the Baptist and had a totally righteous guy that, had, that she, they knew were righteous. They knew he was, was, a, was a preacher of the Bible and a prophet. Had his head taken off because she was offended that he said that she should not be Herod's wife. It was the Bible. It was true. And John the Baptist preached the truth. They took his head off. Elijah was driven in the wilderness over it, and his life was threatened because he told the truth. Joseph spent 13 years in a filthy old Egyptian prison because he told the truth. Stephen, one of the first deacons, was stoned because he told the truth. James lost his head over it. James, uh, the brother of John, in the 12th chapter of Acts, lost his head because he told the truth. John the Apostle was exiled to Patmos because he told the truth. John Bunyan, coming up more modern times, spent, writer of Pilgrim's Progress, spent 12 years in a filthy, damp, disease-infested prison in Bedford. Why? Because he told the truth. At an iron objection, the first American missionary in Burma spent many years in jail, lost his wife and his children, buried them in Burmese soil. Why? Because he told the truth. William Carey, in India, suffered great persecution because he told the truth. C.H. Spurgeon was kicked out of, his, of the Baptist convention of his day. Why? Because he told the truth. Lester Roloff, Jack Hiles were voted out of the Southern Baptist convention. Why? They told the truth. Before you criticize, criticize the preacher for attacking your TV or rock music or dancing, drinking, immodest dress, immorality, uh, leggings, Ask yourself the question, what kind of preacher do I want or what kind of preacher do I need? You need a preacher that will get up and condemn leggings. All you men know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You need a preacher that will condemn immorality. You need a preacher that will condemn divorce. You need a preacher that preach the whole book, nothing but the book, so help you God. Or do you want a preacher that's going to tell you what you want to hear? The Bible says in the last days people will have itching ears. What that phrase means, uh, ears wanting to be tickled. They, they, they heap to themselves preachers. The sign of the last times, one sign of the last times, is that, that, that congregations vote in preachers that will tell them what they like to hear. How about like health and wealth? That God wants you wealthy and he wants you healthy. Let's all say amen. You know, that kind of thing. You know, stir them up and nothing they ever preach. In fact, the old guy that used to have the Crystal Cathedral that went bankrupt, by the way, out there in California, and I can't remember his name. I think his name was Schaefer. Schuler. I listened to him preach a few times. Oh, God wants something good for you today. Now, maybe what they say is not always wrong, but it's what they don't say. 
It's what they don't say. Schuler would have a uh, Schuler would have a seminar on how to teach preachers how to how to have success because at that time he was very successful. Built a Crystal Cathedral. Boy, everybody looked up to him. Not now, Independent Fundamental Baptists did not, but a lot of your Methodists, Lutheran, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, and that major line denominations they looked up to him and they went out there for a seminar on how to build a church like he built. And one of his main criteria was don't preach against sin. You'll never build a church preaching against sin. Well, you may not build a group of people, but you'll please God by preaching against sin because the Bible preaches against sin. One of the most major topics of the Bible is against sin. You can get a preacher who will trim it and color it and flower it and dress it up, but he'll not be like Jesus. Master, we know that thou art true. and You teach the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. That is to be like Jesus. That is what you want to be as a Bible believer. The same men, by the way, who complimented him there, stated facts about his ministry, later crucified him and didn't join him. I hope you will take the sacred oath that you will believe the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible, so help you God, and you'll endeavor by God's grace to practice even when it goes against the grain and goes against what you may believe or like, you'll do what the Bible says. And if you'll do that, you will stay in good stead till you get someday to see Jesus face to face. Father, help us tonight. Help us to understand this simple teaching and area of truth. May Lord God again reinforce us to tell the truth, to speak the truth, to live the truth, and to do what's true. Help us, O oh God. There may be some in this uh, auditorium tonight that struggle with lying, struggle with misrepresenting the truth. The Bible says the, the devil's a creator of that whole thing. You don't want to be part of that. You want to divorce yourself away from lying and speak the truth in honesty, always. May your word be your bond. Lord, help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.